It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey LeBounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome to the final drive coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue, downtown Mobile, Alabama home of the 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge today up until 6 o'clock p.m. when Michael Bronner and I go off the air on the final drive. We will start qualifying all the winners. And for those who did not have an opportunity to qualify and win, you will have four opportunities here within the first hour of the final drive to listen for that one shining moment montage by Luther Vandross. And when you hear that, make sure that you're the first caller at 251-694-1055 and you'll have an opportunity to be one of our four last qualifiers. And of course, those who did qualify, come on down. You must be present in Moe's Barbecue downtown Mobile today to qualify for an opportunity for our grand prize for that brand new huge television that is being given away by Bailey's TV and Mattress along with the Gulf Coast Water Rentals, two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis. And, of course, Michael Bronner, we're excited to be here included in this March Madness Challenge. Man, this is uh, like what we've been saying all week. It's the most magical time of the year, and now uh, now we get to do our biggest event of the year at, you know, the best barbecue restaurant in town. Get you, get, Come on down here, get you a little barbecue, listen to me and Corey do our show, and then hopefully maybe get a chance to win yourself a free TV no, and jet ski rentals. You definitely want to check out our grand prize because, again, you're going to randomly draw the team out of our shuffleboard i guess this is our little container and it looks like a hamster wheel with all our entries in it and what will happen is you Borrowed pick that team zoo, I absolutely believe. you draw that team and if you draw that team and they win the big dance then you will go ahead and have an opportunity to win that flat screen television along with the jet ski rentals and you know michael last night it got started with March Madness. We had our play-in games, and it's exactly what March Madness is all about. This is why this is the greatest sporting event that goes on for close to three weeks, and it was evident last night as when you start looking at the outcome of the Pitt-Mississippi State game, came down to the last seconds to where the Bulldogs had an opportunity to win it all and just couldn't hit a three-point shot. Yeah, the ending was pretty fitting uh, based on how Mississippi State's offense runs, believe it or not. 
uh, out of 363, I believe the number is. Mississippi State is, by three-point percentage, the worst three-point shooting team in the country. Uh, they made about five of them in the first half. So, I mean, they, 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 they made all their uh, all the threes they were going to make in, in terms of law of averages and analytics. It wasn't going to – a bunch weren't – five more weren't going to fall in the second half. They ended up shooting 26%, 6 of 23 from the three-point line for the game, which is about par for the course for the season for them, uh, which places them about dead last. And, yeah, I mean, they got just a wide o- – it, 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 was, it was such a wide-open look that it was almost a situation where you felt like he would have had a better chance of making it if it was slightly contested. You almost, like, get the yips when you're that wide open. Well, they had an opportunity. If they weren't going to make a three-pointer, Mississippi State had an opportunity to go ahead and have that put back oh. right at the rim that would have counted. On time, too. It would have oh. counted. It would have been a basket buzzer beater on day one, and it didn't fall in the Bulldogs are the second team that are put out of the big dance. They fall 60-59. to Pittsburgh's first win ever since 2014 in the big dance. So congratulations to Coach Capel. But we're going to have a great show for you today at Moe's. And when you start looking at our lineup today, Mike, I'm excited because we have Christy Curry who is the Alabama women's basketball coach. They're going dancing. They're going to play a little NCAA March Madness tournament against Baylor. We'll have her on right around 4.30 today. Kevin Skarbinski. Of course, we know Kevin Skarbinski for being a phenomenal beat writer for AL.com for many years, and he was just awarded to a Hall of Fame for basketball writers. We'll talk to Kevin Skarbinski right at 5 o'clock. Of course, we will have Ryan Foster with us, who is the owner of Gulf Coast Water Reynolds. And also we'll have Nick Kelly talking some Crimson Tide as well as Daryl Daprich talking some Auburn Tigers. And a great show, 3 to 6 o'clock at Moe's Barbecue, downtown Mobile, Alabama. And we mentioned how March Madness started in the first game. Of course, in the second game last night, we had that Mississippi State pit game. But in the first game, they got it all started. Mm. Texas A&M Corpus Christi find a way to get their first ever win in the NCAA tournament. This is a program that is near and dear to Ronnie Arrow's heart because Ronnie Arrow leaves South Alabama to start up this Texas A&M Corpus Christi team and started it from the ground up, Mike, and here it is. He sees the fruits of his labor some 14 or 15 years later for the program to go dancing against all teams Alabama. Yeah, there's your reward for, for winning your first game in uh, in March Madness. You get to play Alabama. But no, I mean, the 11 seed matchups are great. You'll have Arizona, Nevada, or Arizona State and Nevada tonight. But really, uh, the first four are so great because it get I, not that I'm saying it's impossible for a 16 seed to win. It, it has happened one time to Virginia with UMBC. But let's let's be real here. The, the first four for 16 seeds, it gives those 16 seeds a, a chance to say, hey, we won a game in the NCAA tournament. We have a ch- we have a chance to compete and really uh, really uh, win a game in the NCAA tournament. Simo fought hard. It was a good game last night, man. Corpus Christi's a fun team. They play fast. They might they might give Bama some problems early. 75-71, Texas A&M Corpus Christi comes away with that win in that game. Again, within the last minute, 
in the NCAA tournament, it's going to come down to free throws. And mm. when you start talking about being able to make free throws, Corpus Christi was not able to make shots when they needed to down the stretch. Made their but free throws. Southeast Missouri State was able to go ahead and pull away and, excuse me, not pull away and couldn't make free throws down the stretch. And Texas A&M Corpus Christi at 24-10. and 10 playing the number one seeded Alabama Crimson Tide in Birmingham, Alabama. Practice today and, again, game time tomorrow for Alabama, 16 versus one. What, what do you think the point spread in that game is already? Mm, it's probably out, but I would think it's probably around 25 or something like that. I haven't looked, it, admittedly. So if I guessed it on the dot, then, you know, go me. But P- Pretty close, uh, 24 uh, is the spread. See, I'm pretty good. Uh, but, you know, I mean, SEMO got a look last night when it was still a three-point game, uh, and, the, and then uh, Corpus Christi pulls down the rebound, and, and there's a second and a half left, and they're able to get to the free throw line. That last free throw might have made a difference to, to some people, not saying. Uh, not saying why or why not, but that last free throw might have might have made some people happy. But anyway, that all being said, uh, yeah, I mean, Simo, they, they they got the open look, but it just didn't it didn't uh, it didn't fall for him. As and like we say, free throws are free, man. You gotta you gotta make them in March. Twenty-seven to thirty-five will do it for you. Nine out of twenty for Southeast Missouri State, and that's just not good enough. And it goes back to what we talked about in that Pitt versus Mississippi State game. And I don't know if you guys were as excited as I was last night about just getting March Madness tipped off finally. But to start both games with dramatic fashion and going down to the last minute and not really knowing who was going to pull away, I like for those first four play-in games to be very competitive. And tonight, when we see our play-in games between Arizona State and Nevada, do you expect to see anything different? I hope there's nothing different that will keep everybody glued to the television to see what goes on. And, of course, Texas Southern and they have shocked the world coming in with a losing record, getting ready to take on Fairleigh Dickinson today. Yeah, Fairleigh Dickinson, a little New Jersey team there. But Texas Southern, yeah, they, well, they what, lost 20 games this season and uh, and took down Grambling State and the, what, the SWAC, yes. uh, if I'm not mistaken, in Birmingham. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a heck of a story for Texas Southern. We'll see if they can win one more game in the tournament. It's a 20-loss 20, 20 team is uh, playing in the NCAA tournament. So it might, might be the most losses for a tournament. I'm just speculating here. I don't have the stat in front of me, but uh, I would have to think it's it's around that. I mean that that's what's so great about these automatic bids. It's like, yeah, I mean you if you're a team like Alabama, I personally I think the regular season means a bit more than than the tournament. Uh, you know if you're in a big conference like that and you win the regular season, there's there's no question as to whether you're on the bubble or not, uh, and you know you're going to to the tournament regardless of how you do in the conference tournament. So like say Alabama had lost to Mississippi State on Thursday, they were still obviously probably still going to be at one seed uh, in the tournament. But when these small conferences like winning the regular season, all right, that's great. That doesn't guarantee you anything. You got to go and get it done in the conference tournament. And I, I think there's a. I, I love the aspect that everyone who's uh, who's playing, you still you, you even if you had a 20 loss season, you can still uh, you can still find a way to find your way in. Well, Auburn found its way in, and Bruce Pearl, when asked about Charles Barkley's comments, <laughs> someone about, asked him. Okay, huh? they finally asked him about Charles Barkley's comments about Alabama winning it all. And Coach Pearl says, "All I have to say about Charles Barkley 
is he's going to tell you what he thinks, whether you like it or not. He's not doing it for any other reason than Charles thinks they're going to win it. And that's a quote from Bruce Pearl. And yeah, but Charles also said that Alabama and Auburn are going to be, or Alabama and Auburn fans are going to be rooting for each other in Birmingham. I, 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 I refuse to think that Charles Barkley actually thinks that. I, I think that Charles does believe that, that Alabama can win it all. And I believe he, I believe that part. But, but as far as Alabama and Auburn fans rooting for one another, he, Charles is going to be an Auburn man first. And for him to say, it, it pains him to say it, that Roll Tide is where it's going to be, Chuck's one of those voices that you, 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 you do have to respect his opinion of in course. regards to knowing that he's watched Alabama some teams I know Charles has never even heard of, and he'll be honest about that in his picks when he gets in front of the TV screen. It, I've never heard of this, and I don't have a clue as to who they are. But Charles Barkley does think that the Alabama Crimson Tide will win it all. Well, here's, what, here's what's funny. I, I mean, I can tell you right now, there's not an Auburn fan on this planet that is rooting for Alabama. I'll tell, I, I, and I, understand, I wouldn't expect them to. That being said, I mean, you got Auburn – Assuming they beat Iowa, which it's no guarantee. It's an 8-9 game, but let's say Auburn beats Iowa and plays Houston. You can understand the logic in an Alabama fan rooting for Auburn against Houston just because uh, if you're Alabama, you don't see Houston until the national championship, but it is going to be in Houston, so you you would want that eliminated now. Now, I, I'll say this. My father asked me the other day, he said, because uh, so, I'm going to be in, in uh, on, at the session, both games in Birmingham on Saturday, he said, so you're going to root for Auburn against Houston, right? And I said, what? No, I'm not going to root for Auburn. I, I, I don't. He said, "Oh, Final Four tickets would be more expensive." If you said, "I said I, I will pay a million dollars for Final Four tickets." There's no, there's no situation where I'm going to root for Auburn, but I, I do understand the logic at least. Well, with Alabama playing in Birmingham and with everything that's going on, a security detail has been issued mm. to Brandon Miller for his own self-protection because of all the hate mail and all the hate things that have been said to him, whether it be by people calling him on the phone, by email, by text messages. At the end of the day, he will have his own security detail to make sure that he stays safe throughout this NCAA tournament. I think that's one of the first that I've ever seen as far as having your own security detail and being a collegiate basketball player. Yeah, I mean, it's not a pleasant headline to read there. Uh, you, it's, it's a shame that, that that's something we're even talking about, that uh, you know people have made threats or, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, according to Nate Oates, he was, said something along the lines of, oh, if you've read some of the stuff I've read that uh, Brandon has received, you, you'd understand why we have a security detail for him. So, you know, it, I hate that. We're even talking about this, but it is a reality of uh, this situation. So uh, it's good that they're taking extra precautions, and uh, you know we hope.
You know what that sound means. You have to get on the phone, 251-694-1055, to guarantee your spot in our March Madness Matchup Challenge at Moe's Barbecue downtown, starting at 6 o'clock p.m. for a chance to win a brand new television from Bailey's TV and Mattress and two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three friends. That can be two adults and one child from Gulf Coast Water Rentals. Want to make sure that you give us a call for an opportunity to win that and qualify again. We'll be qualifying three more winners to after you hear that one shining moment. And there's been a lot of one shining moments that have come up here in the NFL, especially the saga that is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> finally comes to an end today. Uh, kinda. And, and here's what happens is you've been waiting to hear officially from Aaron Rodgers. And today on the Pat McAfee show, Aaron Rodgers says he does intend to play for the New York Jets. That's better than him saying that he's going to retire or he's going to stay a Packer. At least he's come out out of his own mouth and said he wants to be a New York Jet. Now, can the Jets get right with the Packers in regards to coming up with the correct type of compensation for Aaron Rodgers? Well, what's interesting is I had read something that uh, that kind of said basically it wasn't going to take a whole lot draft capital-wise to land Aaron Rodgers from the Packers to the Jets, like nothing more than a second rounder. It appears that that's no longer the case or, or, or that just wasn't true. Uh, it, it sounds like it is going to take a Matthew Stafford type package of two first rounders, which I mean, that's fair. Uh, I understand he's 39 years old, but this is Aaron Rodgers we're talking about. It's it's not Matthew Stafford. It's not any of the quarterbacks that, that have been. It's not Russell Wilson. Even even It's not even what we thought Russell Wilson was when that trade with Denver was made. Uh, obviously, in hindsight, that that, that was, uh, Denver kind of got fleeced. But even when uh, Denver made that trade with Seattle, you know, I, I think the general consensus on that was like, all right, first rounders and second rounders for Russell Wilson. Denver got their quarterback. Denver got their guy. Russell Wilson's still a top ten guy. I don't think anyone uh, raised too many eyebrows about that. So that, that's about what Aaron Rodgers is worth. So, I mean, according to Rodgers himself. Uh, the compensation, the, the compensation is what is holding things up here. So, I I guess Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet eventually. He's certainly not going to be a Packer. He's essentially said that that's over, and uh, you know I'm sad about it, and I, I love Green Bay, but uh, we're moving on. So. It is what it is. Aaron Rodgers wants OBJ to come to the pack. <laughs> the wish list. And he does have a wish list to where he has an offensive coordinator already in spot, already in place with the Jets that His he's guy. very familiar with. So when you start looking at him wanting Mercedes Lewis or Randall Cobb or Lazard, I, I, I don't know that if they're going to totally meet his wish list in regards to who he wants to play with them. But for him to even be in a Jets uniform next year, I think says a lot about it's time to say goodbye to Green Bay. Now, he could have yeah. just cold-shouldered Green Bay and, and kept them winter cold in regards to how he handled this. But I think he, he blew them a kiss from afar, and now he's going to get ready for the bright lights of New York. 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's I, it seems like there's no animosity between Rodgers and the city of Green Bay and the fans. I, I think he does have animosity towards the organization. I think that goes back at least to, to the Jordan Love pick, which in hindsight, I don't know how he can be upset about that because it appears Jordan Love is going to be the quarterback of the future for the Packers, so cry about it, Aaron Rodgers. I, Aaron Rodgers, man, he, he bothers me. Uh, he, he, he's this guy who claims he doesn't want the media attention on him. He... he, he he puts up this masquerade as this quiet, reserved guy who, who doesn't want the media attention. But then he does every action to the contrary. It's, it's kind of maddening, honestly. So I, I, great quarterback, in my opinion, really a top-five quarterback in NFL history. Uh, we can debate that all day. But in, for my money, he's a top-five top quarterback in NFL history. And I, I have nothing negative to say about him on the field, although he was pretty bad this year. We'll see, uh, we'll see if he can have a bounce-back season, assuming he does play for the Jets. I just Aaron Rodgers, the guy, and the, uh, the, the personality he has, it, it does bother me and rub me the wrong way a little bit. But whatever. I mean, sounds like he's going to be the quarterback of the Jets. But when you start looking at it, Michael, when, when Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay and in his first year wins that franchise a Super Bowl, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is really going to be expected to have those same expectations with the Jets. I think it's regardless a, of whether they finished in the division. Well, I mean, I think it's a little bit different there. I, I, I think, I mean, you have to understand that Rodgers is going into the AFC with Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. Uh, Justin Herbert and 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 other I mean some re- the AFC is significantly better than the NFC today than it was two years ago. I mean no one not that anyone expected Tom Brady to go to Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl, uh, but I, I I don't think anyone is expecting Aaron Rodgers to go and win a Super Bowl at the Jets. I don't think anyone is going to call it a failure uh, if Aaron Rodgers has a really good season with the Jets, they make the playoffs and ultimately fall short to Kansas City or Cincinnati or whoever. I, I don't think anyone is going to criticize Aaron Rodgers for that. Now, listen, if they win seven or eight games and don't make the playoffs, yeah, I'm going to be I'm going to be leading I'm going to be leading uh, that charge with with a pitchfork and a torch myself. But I, I I mean I think it would be unfair to say he's got to do what Tom Brady what Tom Brady did going to Tampa Bay is no no one has ever done that before and there's a reason he's the greatest quarterback of all time uh, but I mean Aaron Rodgers I, I I think it would be unfair to say he's got to go win a Super Bowl for a for a team that hasn't won a Super Bowl since 1969 uh, to. I, I don't see it that way, but they do need to make the playoffs because they're a really good roster, really talented, and what's hold, held them back now for two, for the last two years is the worst quarterback play in the NFL, so we'll see. Well, what we will see is probably Ezekiel Elliott getting into a new uniform with the Dallas Cowboys saying that he's going to become a free agent. And it goes to show, Mike, you said running backs aren't worth their value. Well, that's just the latest example of a big running back contract that did not pay out. Owed $64 million. You enjoy enjoy writing that check, Jerry Jones. Enjoy paying that dead cap. Again, Jerry Jones and the Cowboys. Cowboy Nation. Does Jerry Jones have to go, and how long ago should he have been gone before the Cowboys turn themselves and make them into a Super Bowl contender? He's not going anywhere. He's going to be there. He's going to be the owner of the Cowboys till till he's six feet under the ground. I mean, that's just the reality he'll of the situation. He'll probably be the owner then too. Yeah, and, but, and because the, his family's going to inherit it. Uh, right. Stephen Jones, yeah. 
but the Cowboys now going in a different direction with Tony Pollard, who proved to be effective at his running back position. But free agency at its finest, you get that huge contract, and then you've been injured the last two years. And one of the worst running backs in the NFL makes the most money at his position, which is truly amazing. Ezekiel Elliott, after seven years of football, will probably no longer have that star on his helmet and when we come back we'll be talking a little Alabama Crimson Tide Alabama Crimson Tide coming up next here on the final drive and Michael who will be joining us at 3:30 We're going to have Nick Kelly it's going to be it's going to be good stuff Nick Kelly from the Tuscaloosa News is going to be joining us well, next There's plenty of news coming out of Bama Nation we'll catch up with Nick Kelly next here on the final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner This is Reese Dismukes. You're listening to 1055 WMSB. Welcome back to the final drive. Coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue downtown Mobile, Alabama. It's our 2023 March Madness matchup challenge that is happening tonight starting right after the final drive. So if you have not qualified, make sure you'll have three more opportunities to qualify. Once you hear Luther Vandross's one shiny moment, call the station 251-694-1055 for an opportunity to guarantee your spot in our March Madness matchup challenge coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue downtown. And if you didn't get an opportunity to qualify on the opening kickoff for the final drive, no fret because we'll have open spots tonight to where you can qualify and get a chance to pick a team out of our wheelbarrow here and having an opportunity. <laughs> Is that what we're calling to, it? I, hey, look, that's what it looks like to me. That's what it's going to be. If your team wins it, you'll have the grand prize that it consists of a Bailey's brand-new television from Bailey's TV and mattress and also two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis that can be two adults and one child, courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals. And you don't want to miss out on the opportunity to qualify here live tonight at Moe's Barbecue downtown. And I tell you, talking to our next guest, Nick Kelly. He writes for the Tuscaloosa News and USA Today, and there's plenty going on with the Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team as for the second time ever, Alabama had a consensus second-team All-American joining Leon D Douglas. How's it going, guys? I'm outstanding, Nick. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Man, it, it, it's a pleasure to have you on here, the final drive. Now, I, I want to ask you, yesterday we asked our guests, of course, Mike and I, with our brackets, want to see what your brackets look like because in my final four I have Alabama, Marquette, Gonzaga, and Houston, and Mike has Alabama, Duke, Texas, and UCLA. What does your final four bracket look like? Well, Alabama's there, uh, not just mm. because of my proximity to Alabama, but 
Uh, you look at a team that's both in the top 20 in Ken Palm's offensive and defensive efficiency. They're, they're in the top 20 in both. Number three in defense. And as the old saying goes, defense wins championships. Uh, and then otherwise I've got uh, Texas uh, is my pick uh, to also be there because it's another team that's impressive in both facets. Houston could be there too, uh, but I'll, I'm going with Texas for myself. Uh, and then I've got uh, UConn actually, um, kind of maybe a, a slightly alternate pick, but another team. I'm, I'm a big believer in the analytics. I, I, I trust I trust the math. And uh, UConn's another team that is uh, is tough in, in those facets and. Uh, I guess who else? Who, who did I forget in my my final four? But, but bottom left in the East region there. Yeah, I'm try, uh, remind, sorry, I don't have any Purdue, me, uh, Purdue, Purdue, the, is the, Purdue is the one seed in yeah, that one. Purdue. Mark. Thank you. Yes. Yep. I got Purdue. <laughs> okay. Um, fair, fair, I believe that, in ball that, makers and, and uh, Zach is, is quite the talent for him, and uh, so we'll see. But that, that's my final four. Well, nothing wrong with that, and we wanted to talk about yesterday. A first-team All-American was Brandon Miller, but today having an opportunity to be a consensus first-team All-American from the Associated Press, Sporting News, NABC, and United States Basketball Writers Association, Brandon Miller, he doesn't get it. Drew Timmy takes his place uh, instead of one Brandon Miller. Are you a little bit shocked by that? I mean, yes and no. I guess it, it, it's tough because there's only a couple spots. Um, if, if I'm voting, yeah, he's a first-team team player, but you also don't know to what extent the events of January 15th have factors into some voters. Um, and, and so you, you know, I, I don't want to speculate too much on that because I don't know if it has or hasn't. Um, but that's kind of that, that wild card that you just don't know how it's being factored in. I mean, look at the Wooden Award. didn't have him in its top 15 finalists. Uh, a couple weeks ago, and then they decided to slip him in at the last second. So it, it, it's such a unique situation in terms of award season because I, I've talked to some places that were wondering about uh, Brandon Miller's candidacy, if they should include him and if it would look, make the organization look bad for including him. And so I, I think there's a lot of, uh, I guess, nuance or just things that aren't normally included when you're voting on these awards that people are considering. Nick, Javon Quinterly has kind of had a little bit of a resurgence this year. I think uh, a lot of fans, I really myself included, were overly, maybe not overly critical of him uh, early. I think the Tennessee game was really a culmination where he where he turned the ball over, uh, I think, six times just uh, in inexcusable fashion, and, and he's cut down on that, and he's he's gotten back to playing his game and looking like the player that won SEC tournament MVP. I mean, how, how critical is he to uh, Alabama's hopes to making a, key, uh, a deep run here in March? Yeah, he's huge um, in multiple ways because, one, he's the elder statesman. I mean, he's 24. Uh, so he's a veteran guy who they need his leadership. Uh, but also as a player, offensively, they need other guys other than Brandon who can score. Uh, and Mark Sears has been on a little bit of a yeah. dry spell recently. And you also have uh, Ryland Griffin, who has not shot as well recently. Um, so you need someone else to step up. And, and I think Javon clearly is one of those people who can. Um, I mean, But as far as him just making plays and being a guy who gets the offense going, I mean, his assist rate right now is the highest it's ever been. Uh, he's one of the best in the country in its history. I think last I checked, he was like 12 or 13. And, and so that's a huge staff for him to be doing that kind of thing for the group because they have a lot of playmakers, and he sets them up well. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, he's key there. His turnover rate is a little higher than it has been in the past, so those can be an issue for him at times. Uh, but when he's playing well, when he's on his game, he's really talented. He's a really crucial part of this team and is going to determine how far they go. He's going to be definitely an X factor for them. The Alabama Crimson Tide found out its opponent last night but had to wait a little bit later than they wanted to in regards to whether it was going to be Southeast Missouri State or whether it's going to be Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Texas A&M mm -hmm. Corpus Christi receiving their first ever win in program history. That's 16 versus one seed. We've only had that type of upset once in the history, but Nate Oates made sure that his team knew all about it and didn't lose sight of that. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. It sounds like the band crunked up on you. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, so I'm uh, at the arena still, and the band's behind me. So hopefully, you can hear me okay. Um, I didn't hear the very end of that question, but uh, yeah, I mean, Cor Corpus Christi uh, is definitely a squad that <laughs> Alabama should beat quite handily. Um, give them credit for making it like they did. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this should be a fair matchup, and, and obviously there, there's March Madness, but um, as long as Alabama comes out to play even somewhat well, I mean, they should be fine. Um, especially, I mean, you look at the length advantage that Alabama has. Alabama, on average, is three inches taller than, than uh, the Islanders, and so um, it, it's going to be really tough for Texas A&M Corpus Christi to give them a run. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you never know. It could be more compelling. The, uh, the Islanders are actually very solid, the free throw line. And so if, if, uh, if Alabama isn't careful, free throws could help maybe make it more interesting than it should be. Nick, Alabama's in an interesting spot as the number one overall seed. We're talking to Nick Kelly from USA Today on the Tuscaloosa News. Uh, I, I think that the 8-9 second round matchup could end up proving more difficult than the Sweet 16 matchup. And then I mean, Alabama really should... I don't want to say cruise, but Alabama has has a very doable path to at least get to the Elite Eight. I, I, do you see it the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think it's when the bracket came out, it's like, actually, this seems somewhat favorable. I mean, Nato said that it maybe wasn't for them. But, I mean, really, yeah, there's no team that stands up to me like, oh, man, that's going to be a tough, tough match. But, I mean, it doesn't mean they won't lose. I mean, they very well could. I mean, that's why you play the game for a reason. Um, mm -hmm. But, no, I, I mean... Arizona maybe could get them later on, but there's no one that's. I'm saying, yeah, that's gonna be. Now, Alabama doesn't show up to play. Any team can beat them, but I, mm -hmm. it doesn't strike me as, oh man, that is that is me a tough region. I, I think as long as they play their game, they play well, and, and they get some shots to land, they're gonna get right to the final four. Nick, I, I I've never seen a young man have to have a security detail based on whatever it is popularity or with depth threats that Brandon Miller has received. And Coach Oates addressed that today in front of the media. And I know that that just has to weigh heavy on a young man who all he wants to do is really play the game of basketball. But, th you know, this dark cloud has kind of ascended upon from a national standpoint now with Alabama being ranked number one and the number one overall seed. It's kind of magnified here, and you kind of knew that it was coming ever since this hit back in January that Alabama, if they make a postseason run or they are continue to be number one, that it was just going to be magnified and really covered by journalists who normally don't know much about Alabama basketball.
Yeah, the, the national eye has been on Alabama for a while, and it's only going to increase as the postseason continues um, because it's going to be brought up. I, you know, the, the, the fatal shooting on January 15th is going to be brought up, and it has been brought up plenty, and it's going to be continue to be brought up. And, and so, yeah, I mean, the national attention is there. All eyes are on Alabama, but that's been the case the past few weeks. It just keeps ramping up. It ramped up at the SEC tournament. Um, it's been talked about plenty here already. It's going to continue to be talked about. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly no lack of attention on Alabama right now. Nick Kelly covering the Crimson Tide in Birmingham, Alabama. Nate Oates said he would love for the arena to be 90 to 95% pro-Alabama. And he said in the SEC tournament, they couldn't even hear the cheers of Texas A&M's fans. They were drowned out by the 70% of the Crimson Tide fans. How do you feel about that situation as well, just knowing that Alabama has a true home court advantage? Yeah, we'll see how much of a home court advantage it really is because a couple things. One, I mean, yes, you have fans there, but it is a different hoop and backdrop than you're used to. And so in some ways it's still a more neutral site. They might have, you know, it won't be a, it won't be to their detriment. The crowd won't, I don't think, obviously, because it's probably going to be a lot of Alabama fans. But, um, but it, I wouldn't exactly call it a true home court advantage. Um, but there's going to be a lot of fan support here. So we'll kind of see what that fan support is like, uh, how much of it uh, is pro Crimson Tide, because there might be some Auburn fans hanging out here, too, uh, because Auburn's here. And so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But obviously, you prefer this over anywhere else, I, I think. Nick Kelly, Alabama's football and men's basketball reporter for the Tuscaloosa News and USA Today. Can't thank you enough for your coverage of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and we look forward to talking to you throughout the Crimson Tide's tournament run. Sounds great. Thanks for having me, guys, and enjoy uh, some postseason basketball coming up. Absolutely. Thank you, Nick. Nick Kelly joining us here on the final drive. Corey Bounty and Michael Brauner coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue downtown where you can join us for our 2023 March Madness matchup challenge. If you have not qualified, you can do so three more times when you hear that one shining moment montage by Luther Vantross. If you don't catch those three qualifying opportunities, you can come down here and take one of the open spots that are available so you can bring a brother, sister, friend, neighbor. Come on down to Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile for an opportunity to qualify. Pick a name out of our barrel here. And if your team wins it all, you'll win our grand prize from Gulf Coast Water Rentals and Bailey's TV and Mattress. You're listening to The Final Drive on WNSP 105.5. Hey, this is Jake Tilford, quarterback at Alabama. And when I'm listening to the radio, I'm listening to WNSP. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5, coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile. And as soon as the final drive wraps up, we'll love to see you come and join us here at Moe's Barbecue downtown to where we'll have our 2023 March Madness matchup challenge. And of course, if you're one of our qualifiers, you'll have an opportunity to pick the name out of the wheelbarrow 
And if your team is picked and they win it all, you win our huge grand prize, which consists of two one-hour jet ski rentals courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals, and that's going to be on two separate jet skis to where you can have two adults and one child and also get one of those brand-new televisions from Bailey's TV and Mattress and, you know, no better time of year to watch on your brand-new television screen the Masters that are coming up, the NFL draft that are coming up, and really any sporting event is awesome. We want to just see you come down here to Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile. And while we're talking a little March Madness, of course, we do in our own backyard have the Gatorade and Max Preps Player of the Year mm. in high school basketball, and that's going to be one LeBaron Phylon, and LeBaron Phylon is only a junior verbally committed to Auburn University and playing for Coach Pearl here in a couple of years, but Alabama and Mobile has racked up on the individual awards here lately with Barry Dunning Jr. being the back-to-back Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Alabama from a boys' standpoint. And now LeBaron Phylon adds to his impressive collection. And this young man is a very special athlete. And I think he is Mr. Basketball in the state of Alabama. We'll see if he can win it as a junior. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn got a good one. I, I'd be I'd be lying if I said, uh, you know, I, I didn't uh, slap the knee and say, dang, I uh, wish Alabama had got him. But no, best of luck to LeBaron. He's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be a really good college basketball player. Tonight's playing games. If they're as exciting as last night's playing games, and it's a preview of what's to come in March Madness. It's not going to get any better than this 2023 tournament. Texas Southern will play Fairleigh Dickinson tonight along with Arizona State. Who you got? Taking on Nevada. I'm going to go Fairleigh Dickinson, okay? Of course, I'm also going to go Coach Hurley and Arizona State to knock off Nevada and see if Arizona State can make some noise here in the tournament is I'd that's like going to be a I'd great like playing game. I'd like to disagree with you, but those are actually both. Uh, both I, I, I would make the same predictions. I, Texas Southern, good story, but you lose 20 games in a season. I'm not going to pick you to win your uh, your playing <laughs> game. And then uh, as far as Nevada, you know, Nevada was controversial that they even got into the tournament at all. So uh, I, I will take Arizona State to win that one as well. Well, when you look at them trying to advance, I don't have any of those teams advancing beyond welcome to the big dance and Cinderella's we mentioned yesterday Mike in your bracket in the final four you have Alabama Duke Texas and UCLA and Duke's a five seed whether you whether you want to whether you want to hear the word Cinderella and Duke in the same sentence they're a five seed I don't know if you consider a five. <laughs> to me, a double-digit seed is what I call yeah. a Cinderella team. Yeah, St. Peter's last year was a Cinderella. VCU uh, in, what was it, 2010 or whatever, when they made the Final Four, was a Cinderella. Uh, Duke, Duke, you know, it's a bit tongue-in-cheek. They certainly are not a Cinderella, even if they win the national championship this year. But, no, I mean, I think uh, I, I don't think I had a double-digit seed even in the Sweet 16 in mine. I think it's pretty chalk this year, man. I, I got VCU beating St. Mary's. I got Arkansas beating Kansas. Kansas. Uh, other than that, I mean, it's it's pretty big. I will say, I mean, the Elite Eight in the re- in the East, and again, you know, whether you want to hear Cinderella or not, I got Duke, Kentucky. That's a five versus six. 
Kentucky, they're going to have to get healthy quick. Yeah. That one and done in the SEC tournament is something you're not used to if you're part of the Big Blue Nation. And will Kentucky be able to survive in advance? Providence is going to give them all they can handle as the 11 seed, that 6-11 seed. I have Kentucky advancing, but I don't have them getting past Kansas State. Well, it's funny with Providence is uh, one of their best players, Bryce Hopkins. He's a Kentucky transfer this year, and now and uh, he he transferred from Kentucky because he wasn't getting enough playing time, and, and now he's one of Providence's best players. Now he has a chance to knock out Kentucky in the first round. I mean, Kentucky could easily lose that game. I wouldn't be surprised, but uh, at the same time, I think they're talented enough to make a run. Cal has the tournament experience, so we'll see what happens. Well, also again, I mentioned my Final Four with Bama, Marquette. Gonzaga and Houston and Houston with the final four in their own backyard wouldn't it be disappointing if they don't make it they, and they ain't gonna make it it's gonna be interesting to see if they can get past the Texas Longhorns to do so but Houston and Texas they could be tangling one another and we'll see we'd love to see your bracket you can fill it out tonight at Moe's Barbecue downtown as we are having our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge live here at Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile, Alabama. You're listening to The Final Drive with Corey LeBounty and Michael Bronner. It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile. Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it. Welcome to Moe's Barbecue, downtown Mobile, Alabama. Corey LeBounty and Michael Braun are bringing you the final drive here this afternoon and looking forward to seeing all of our qualifiers and all our listeners who have an opportunity to come in and pick up one of the open spots to win our grand prize of a brand new television from Bailey's TV and mattress along with two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis from our friends at Gulf Coast Watcher Rentals. And again, you can't beat the opportunity to pick a name out of our wheelbarrow here. And if your team that you pick, say you happen to pick the Alabama Crimson Tide, and they win it all as the overall number one seed, well, that grand prize is yours, and we'll have giveaways and more here. So if you're not a qualifier today with our last three opportunities to qualify when you hear Luther Vandross's one shiny moment, come on down and get in one of our open spots. As again, we all have plenty of giveaways, and you can fill out your bracket with us here on WNSP. 105.5 and Michael I tell you we just talked about our bracket and now someone who knows all about the Auburn Tigers bracket is Daryl Daprich and Daryl joins us this afternoon Daryl thank you for joining us on the final drive oh great great to join you guys Corey and Michael thanks for having me really appreciate it 
Absolutely, Daryl. Appreciate you hopping on with us. Well, Daryl, it's it's March Madness time, and the Auburn Tigers have arrived in the Iron City, the Steel City, Birmingham, Alabama, and have an opportunity to make some noise against the Iowa Hawkeyes in their first round. And Coach Bruce Pearl, I know he has to be ecstatic that he has an opening round game as a number nine seed playing an Iowa Hawkeye team, but playing them in Birmingham, Alabama has to be a bonus for Coach Pearl. It really is. I mean, Auburn couldn't have asked for anything better. But the way the season ended, as, they, as it started to become apparent that they were going to get a lower seed, a 9 or a 10, a lot of people subscribe to the theory, give me the 10 seed so you avoid that number one in the second round. I think Auburn really caught a break by getting the 9 seed and getting to play in Birmingham. If you choose uh, one of the two options, that's the option. The 8 versus 9, as you guys know, is traditionally a pretty evenly matched uh, game in the first round. So to be able to get that evenly matched first round game against Iowa in Birmingham, well, I think there's a couple of points. It's good for a couple of points to be able to play in Birmingham with that pro-Auburn crowd. So that's a great draw for Auburn. I think Bruce Pearl has to be happy with the way Auburn kind of struggled down the stretch um, to get that to get that draw is a good one for Auburn. and shows some respect, I think, for the program. Daryl, talking about the quote-unquote pro-Auburn crowd, that it, that it certainly mm -hmm. will be. Uh, I mean, this this was a, certainly a big shock to see Auburn thrown in Birmingham with Alabama. Do you think that from the committee was just a little bit of a, oh, let's just throw them both in Birmingham and, and it'll be fun for everyone? Like, or, or was this, like, this couldn't have been random. I don't think it's random, but I'm very surprised by it. I'm one of those guys I love. I'm a historian when it comes to basketball. I, I love looking at past trends and things that have happened or didn't happen before. And I can't recall. And I, I've, you know, I've lived in different parts of the country, so I don't just watch the SEC. I watch other conferences. It's very rare that you get two in-state rivals to go to the same location in the first round. I know it's not happened with Auburn and Alabama before in the first round of the, of the NCAA tournament, but even like I think Duke and North Carolina one time, they played at the same site in the first round, but it's, it's rare. And when you think about rivalries, if you think about you know Purdue and Indiana, if they were to put them in Indianapolis in the first round, or a, a USC and a UCLA you know, being somewhere in the first round, uh, it's just, it's different. And so that's why I don't think it's random. I think it's it's something that's historical, and it's something that hasn't happened, and it's very unique. And obviously, they'll be in different sessions because even though it's the same site, it's not the same region. That's where people sometimes get confused. But uh, I tell you, there'll be a lot of crossover. I know there'll be a lot of people that'll stay for session two that are are there at session one, and maybe some people that now try to bump up to to watch some session one games. Should make for a really fun atmosphere at Legacy Arena. The Iowa Hawkeyes and their head coach, Fran McCaffrey, talk about them and what they have to do to beat the Auburn Tigers. And I think that that's a matchup when you have that 8-9 matchup. You're kind of shocked and surprised that Iowa Phoenix are tied for fifth in the Big Ten this season. But Hawkeye basketball has always been known for hitting the glass and if people haven't seen Iowa play, who does Auburn have to stop and contain? Yeah, it's interesting. They've won 19 games. So, I mean, you know, they, they finished fifth in the Big Ten, which which all the metrics say was a stronger conference in the SEC. The national guys feel that way. But Iowa 
interestingly enough, I've had the opportunity to watch three or four of their games this year, and you know, it, it's no secret they love shooting the three. They live and die with the three. The statistic that absolutely jumps out at me is they're 16 and one when they shoot 35 percent or more from behind the three-point line. But what's interesting about that, and what's confusing to me, is they don't have to. It's almost like they're doing their team a disservice. They got a 6-8 and a 6-9. Their, their two leading scorers, Rabraka and Murray, 1-6-8, one, 1-6-9. One, one averages 20, one averages 14. So with that kind of post play, you almost wonder why they love fall in love with the three so much. And are they doing themselves a disservice by that? So for Auburn, the mission is simple. The scout for Stephen Pearl is, is right there in black and white. Auburn's going to have to extend defensively. They're going to have to switch on their ball screens. They're going to have to fight through that high post screen that Iowa likes to do with Rebraca at the top of the key to free some of their three-pointers. And contest. If you can contest and get a hand in their face, then that can transition Auburn. You know, guys miss threes a lot of times are transition baskets the other way. Iowa gives up about 74 points a game. They're not stellar defensively. Auburn has to stay away from trying to match them with three-point shots. Play their game. Get points in the paint. Auburn does really they're really successful. You go back and look at the stats. A lot of the big wins they've had this year is when they're plus 10, plus 15 in the paint. Don't try to play Iowa's game and match them three-point wise. Guard, guard the three-point line really, really uh, efficiently, and then try to get your run-out baskets and get Broom and Williams and Flanagan to get some of those points in the paint. If Auburn can do that, they have a really good chance to win. If Iowa hits the threes at a 40% clip, it's going to be tough to beat them. Talking to Daryl Daprich of Locked On Auburn. Daryl, and I know this mindset is what loses you games and eliminates and ends your season in March Madness. But I'm gonna ask it anyway. Let's say Auburn mm-hmm. beats Iowa. I, I'm just mm-hmm. you know you're not playing for the team, so I think I think uh, you can answer this question sufficiently. What chance do you give Auburn to beat Houston in a, in what essentially will be a home game in Birmingham? Well, I tell you, I, I don't. It's tough to to ever say I'll give a good chance to a team that's a nine seed to be the number one seed. But it happens, and it happens. There's a couple of circumstances and variables that I think have to happen for Auburn to upset them. Why I would give them a better than average chance if they get to that second round. Number one, where you're playing, and I know Kelvin Sampson complained about it, and he has every right to complain about it. The fact that he mentioned it verbally tells me in his mind he's a little concerned about a potential Auburn matchup in the second second round in, in, in Birmingham with that crowd. So that, that goes a long way in helping pull off the upset. And then it becomes style. Does Houston have a style that's conducive with Auburn and matches up with Auburn? I think Houston being a mid-major, and look, I get it. They're, they're a very, very good basketball team. But let's be honest. If you put Houston in the SEC, they'd be a very, very good basketball team still. But would they be a number one seed if they had to go through the SEC schedule night in and night out? They're, go, they're playing a, a schedule other than Memphis in the AAC where it's a mid-major schedule. So Auburn having played I think 17 games, 13 teams, but 17 games against NCAA tournament teams where Houston has not would bode well for the moment not to be too big. So I think, but I, I do believe Auburn would strategically have to have a little better, a little different game than they would against Iowa. Auburn would have to shoot the three a lot better, like they did the last 10 games of the year. They kind of came alive shooting the three, and Auburn would have to get bench points. 
When Auburn gets smoked is when they get beat on the glass and they don't get bench points. To beat Houston, they would have to have some some bench points and they'd have to hold their own with the, with the rebounding. If they did that, playing at home in the style that Houston plays, Auburn, I would give them a fighter's chance, but there would be, have to be some variables I think they would have to fall into place. Daryl Dapridge, contributor to Locked On Auburn. A lot of connections from a family standpoint in this Iowa versus Auburn matchup. Of course, Bruce Pearl coaches with his son on his bench. And then you start talking about the connection with Connor McCaffrey and his father being the head coach as well. And then Keegan, Keegan has a twin in Chris Murray. Keegan's currently in the NBA playing for the Sacramento Kings, but his brother Chris Murray is a third-team AP All-American. So there's a lot of connections from a family standpoint that a lot of people probably would not have known in this Auburn-Iowa matchup. No, you're right. And Patrick McCaffrey, the the other son of Fran McCaffrey, the coach, he actually comes off the bench, six nine. He he's a good player. I mean, they have two guys for Iowa that come off the bench and average double figures. So you've got the the two McCaffrey brothers playing for dad. You've got, as you mentioned, Stephen and Bruce Pearl, and then the whole factor that Bruce Pearl used to be an assistant at Iowa, uh, you know, under Dr. Tom Davis, who was a really good coach at Iowa. So there, there's that. There's a lot of connected tentacles here with this matchup and and let's just be honest I know for some of your listeners that follow college basketball Fran McCaffrey not a guy that's very well liked across the country with other coaches he's one of those coaches that controversy seems to follow him uh, with wherever he goes and some of the antics on the sidelines and and some of the things he does with officials uh, not too popular so it there's there's all these underlying storylines here that is going to make this really really interesting at the end of the day, you know, again, it's a matchup that I think is a good matchup for Auburn. For, for when I go back to style of play, the the teams that have given Auburn fits this year have been those big guards that can get downhill and get to the rim. Auburn's undersized guards have struggled with that. You give Auburn a team that loves to live on the perimeter, and I think you're doing Auburn a favor. And that's why I like this matchup. Daryl, have you have you filled out a bracket yet? Do you have any? Do you have a final four for us? I do have a final four. I filled out Please. my bracket, and my I think my bracket. Well, I filled out a couple, but I know that I had Arizona and Texas uh, in both of my final fours. I think one I had Duke, uh, one I had Marquette. But I do like Duke. I like Arizona. I like Texas the way they're playing right now. And I'm trying to remember who I had on that other side of the final four, but. I think a potential Arizona-Alabama matchup in the Elite Eight is really interesting. And I think there's a lot of brackets that have Alabama going all the way, going to the Final Four. I get it. They look like to be the best team in America right now. But I just uh, I've watched Arizona play a lot. I, I like that matchup in the Elite Eight. That has a tendency to be special. Texas and Duke seem to be peaking to me at the right time. You know, they have that look of that team when you watch them. Duke was left for dead. Looked really, really good in the ACC tournament. Texas who had been a really solid team all year, absolutely boat-raced Kansas in the Big 12 final. So I look for teams that are playing really well. Arizona beat UCLA in the Pac-12, albeit with two of UCLA starters out. So teams that are kind of on high. Alabama, I, I know they, they you know got right in the tournament. They were playing down the stretch 
what I consider to be less than stellar basketball those last four. And then when they got to the SEC tournament, they got right. So I like Arizona. I like Texas. Uh, you know, I, I like Duke. I think some of those teams are playing really, really well. And then if, if Arizona doesn't advance out of the, that Elite Eight, I think Alabama would obviously come out and go on to the Final Four uh, as well. So there's just a lot of – I look at teams that are starting to play well and starting to peak at the right time. Well, we shared three out of four there, Daryl, actually, in Duke, Texas, and UCLA, but I think you can probably guess uh, where, where we differ, I, I but that's okay. Alabama, right? I think you penciled you, that in. Am I going out on a limb there? I, 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 I did, and, you know, even if it doesn't <laughs> happen, it doesn't happen, but, you know, this is the one yeah. year where you can't call me crazy for putting them there, so. No, this is the year. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star in all the years. No one knows just how hard you worked. But now it shows. In one shining moment, it's all on. One shining moment. That's another opportunity for you to call the station at 251-694-1055 and become our second qualifier of the afternoon for an opportunity to guarantee your spot in our March Madness matchup challenge at Moe's Barbecue, downtown Mobile, and we'll be starting everything up as soon as the final drive concludes, but you must be present in order to qualify and pick a name out of our wheelbarrow and have an opportunity to qualify and, and become one of our grand prize winner of the brand new television from Bailey's TV and Mattress and the two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three friends on two separate jet skis, and that can be two adults and one child. But great grand prize here at Moe's Barbecue. And here in about three weeks, we'll know if your team will have an opportunity. Some people will draw that 16 seed. Some people will draw the one seed. And if your team is the winner, then you're going to be going home with a flat screen television on your wall as well as having an opportunity to hit the water as it continues to warm up here in Mobile, Alabama, Michael. Oh, I mean, friend, come out here. You got a chance to win a flat screen TV, Bailey's TV and mattress, of a one-hour jet ski rental. When are you going to get a chance to rent a jet ski? I mean, all you got to all you got to do is root for a basketball team. To I mean, we're offering you the chance to root for a basketball team and possibly win a jet ski rental and a TV. It seems like the sweetest deal of all time. People are calling it the greatest prize package in radio history. Well, we'll have nothing but winners here at Moe's Barbecue downtown tonight. Because those qualifiers, even if you're not a qualifier on the opening kickoff for the final drive, of course, you can come on down and bring your friends and family members and as many people as you would like to come and give yourself and your friends and family an opportunity in those open qualifying spots to pick a name out of our wheelbarrow and win it. Yeah, there's no doubt that some people probably won't show up and claim their spot. So there will be, we know there's going to be at least 10 open spots and there will be probably more than that. So, you know, bring your girlfriend, bring your wives, bring your kid. If, hey, if your kid is over 18, they can be in the contest as well. But, you know, bring your whole family. It's going to be a good time. Well, I'll tell you who did not have a good time at Georgia's pro day today, Oof. defensive tackle Jalen Carter. Nine pounds overweight for his pro day, and not only being overweight, 
nine pounds heavier than he was two weeks ago at the NFL Combine. Does this guy really – we know that the Ooh. number one overall pick was traded to the Carolina Panthers, but good grief, man. Do you – with everything that's going on with his – involvement in the death of a couple of student athletes in the racing and the having to leave the combines to report mike what what is he doing well first of all if you're not at mo's right now you should get here because steven root's sitting here glaring at us right now so uh <laughs> steven root is in the building by the way so come down to mo's barbecue if, if if everything else was not enough to attract you come see steven root but anyway we'll get him on to talk jalen carter in a little bit but no in all seriousness like it's not a good situation i mean i i think clearly Clearly, uh, he, he probably has a severe lack of focus right now, and you can understand why. I mean, he I don't, I don't want to speculate directly on what his involvement was in this tragedy, but obviously he is tied to it in some way, shape, or form. So it's, it, it's not a good situation with Carl. I mean, this is a guy we were talking about possibly being the number one overall pick. And, uh, Possible number one? Yeah, but, I mean, but here's the thing, Mike. Yeah. He couldn't even finish his position drills today yeah. because he cramped up. How do you not be able to finish your position drills as a potential number one draft pick knowing that it's your pro day? This is not like some random day to where, oh, yeah, some guys are going to come and watch me run today. This is your Georgia. Your pro day. has not in it right now. I mean, and, and if you're uh, an NFL team that is about to spend a premier draft pick on this kid, and again, he has all the talent in the world. We saw it on the field at Georgia. But if you're about to spend a, a high draft pick on the, I mean, you're concerned. I, how could you not be? It's it's a bad situation for Jalen Carter. The question now becomes, how far is this kid going to drop? I, I don't know how far he drops. The tape doesn't lie. And his ability to compete when he's in shape at the highest level in the best conference in the country, that doesn't lie. That's very evident. But his actions that have led, how hungry are you? Because how many overall number one draft picks or top first-round draft picks have been bust because they don't want to do what it takes mentally to stay in the game. Now, again, he put a lot on film that's outstanding that led talks to him being the overall number one. But now, mentally, yeah, it wasn't for no reason. No reason because, again, his film speaks for itself, Mike. But you have to stay checked in and locked in knowing what April's draft is having for you. And we're talking about millions of dollars that he could be flushing down the toilet by not even being able to finish his combine. Uh, the, dif the difference between pick one, I mean, and again, the, the Panthers traded up to the first pick, so it, it's it, he isn't going to be the first pick regardless. But the difference between the first pick and the tenth pick, that like you said, millions of dollars. Millions of dollars at stake, and i tell you what's at stake next is talking with Alabama women's head basketball coach, Christy Curry. She is leading the Alabama Crimson Tide into the women's NCAA tournament, and the Crimson Tide, as a 10 seed, will be taking on Baylor. And we'll talk to head coach at the University of Alabama, Christy Curry, coming up next here on the final drive, coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile, Alabama. Hey, this is David Morse of QB Country. When I'm in my car, I always have it tuned in to 105.5 WNSP, the sports station. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. 
One shiny moment. You know what that montage means? It means you get on the phone and you give us a call here at WNST 251-694-1055 is how you can guarantee your spot in our March Madness Matchup Challenge tonight at Moe's Barbecue downtown Mobile, Alabama. We'll be starting things off at 6 o'clock. Michael Brauner joining me, Corey Labounty. And again, if you do win that prize package, you can win a brand new television from Bailey's TV and mattress along with two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three friends. That can be two adults and one child on two separate jet skis from our friends at Gulf Coast Water Rentals. And one shining moment. Coach Christy Curry has her Crimson Tide ready to get into the big dance on the women's NCAA tournament as they will take on the Baylor Bears at 19 and 12. Alabama comes in as a 10 seed, will be playing the 7 seed Baylor team that's 19 and 12. And head coach Christy Curry, good afternoon and welcome to the final drive with Corey LeBounty and Michael Brauner. Hey, Corey, Michael, thanks so much for having me on. We appreciate it, guys. It's good to talk to you. It is a pleasure joining you, Coach. I've watched you plant the seed at the University of Alabama and continue to grow the program because when I was there working with Coach Rick Moody back running his camps in the late 90s and the early 2000s, going to the NCAA tournament was a must. And really, besides Auburn men's basketball program, the only other program that had been to a Final Four was Coach Rick Moody and the women's program in 1994 and that's somewhere that the Crimson Tide will have an opportunity to get back to playing Baylor. Yeah we're excited you know Coach Moody has been unbelievably supportive and the tradition that he had in the 90s that's something that we're working to get back having gone to the tournament two out of the last three seasons we're on the rise man we're excited so first 21 season in years and then the opportunity now to be back in the tournament two out of the last three. We're so excited for the program, and we're excited about the future, too. Well, I tell you, you, you were able to hit that transfer portal, and it's a name that a lot of Alabama fans do know, Sarah Barker. And this young lady transfers from Georgia and really comes home. And she's a Spain Park State champion, and she just plays with so much effort and grit and guts and plays basketball the way you wish everyone could play it in regards to her hustle, her unselfishness, and her tenacity. And I know she's a vital part of what you are getting done with the Crimson Tide. Absolutely. You know, the portal is a part of our world now, and it's something I think that's here to stay on both the men's and women's side. And we're really fortunate to have Sarah Ashley back. I mean, she brings some grit and toughness, like you said. You know, she gives you some versatility around the rim. Um, she draws one of the toughest defensive matchups as well. So really has been an impact for us on both sides of the ball, and the kid's a winner. You know, she's been to the NCAA tournament at Georgia, and this is really going to help our team as we head into the weekend. Um, but we're so proud she's back home. You know, we've got several transfers that have impacted us. Um, so we're excited about the future. 
Coach, the name of the game in March is one game at a time, survive in advance, and obviously the, the primary focus here is Baylor. So I hate to even ask you this, but I have to ask it. How, how much would it possibly mean to just to possibly, if you can take down Baylor, to have the opportunity to have Al, the Alabama women's program face off against what has been the premier program in women's basketball in UConn over the last, you know, really my lifetime for sure? You know, it would mean a lot. We feel like the SEC has prepared us for this opportunity. You know, playing South Carolina and LSU, Tennessee, um, you know, our league puts us in a position night in and night out to be ready for the Connecticut's on their home floor. So, you know, they're a two seed this year, which is a little unusual. They've had a couple of losses and some injuries. Um, but like I say, I mean, we played South Carolina, Tennessee, and LSU. So, you know, playing a Connecticut would be something that we see night in and night out in our league. I think the biggest thing, though, is, like you said, take care of Baylor. You know, two years ago we were the tenth seed with seven seed Carolina and beat Carolina. So our returning players understand. You know, our incoming players understand the opportunity that Baylor presents. And um, you know, we're a little disappointed in our seed, but whether you're a seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, you're in a position to win the next game, and and that's all we care about right now. If we can take care of Baylor, the opportunity that's presented with Connecticut, we feel like our league will prepare us. We're speaking with Christy Curry, the head women's basketball coach for the University of Alabama Crimson Tide as they prepare to open up against Baylor in the opening round of the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament. That will be this Saturday on ESPN2. And coach, when you start looking at the growth of women's basketball, especially here in the state of Alabama, and I know that the growth is attributed to the wonderful grassroots programs that are going on and the very successful programs that are going on across the state of Alabama. But I know that you come in once being at Texas Tech and now being at Alabama, you've seen the growth within your time as the head coach at Alabama. No question. So many more little girls are participating at a younger age, and we have so many great high school coaches and like you mentioned, from a grassroots standpoint, the summer programs, the AAU, um, it's, it's been fun to see. And, you know, that's something that we try and open our practices. We try and do a lot of, a lot of things within the different communities to give back to help grow the game. And, you know, we've got an incoming freshman uh, ranked at top, top 60 in the country from right down your way at Jackson High School, Jackson, Alabama. So a lot of in-state talent that we're trying to keep at home. And then we're regionally reaching out. You know, we just signed the second McDonald's All-American in program history from Valdosta High School, Georgia, Essence Cody. So to see the, the growth of the game and the talent in our region, it's really been a lot of fun to watch. Naomi Jones from Jackson High School had an opportunity to watch her, and I called the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star Game on the NFHS Network that was held this past Saturday at South Alabama, and she's just playing through a lot of pain with the with the mask on her face as she took that elbow against UMS Wright. But you mentioned signing All-Americans and having a McDonald's All-American come to the University of Alabama. I know that that's something that the men and Nate Oates has been able to do and revitalize the program taking them to number one for the first time in school history in regards to their last regular season ranking. And I know that you and Coach Oates rely on each other as well as dipping in and asking Coach Saban because I know you've had recruits on campus that say, hey, my folks want to meet Coach Saban or I want to meet Coach Saban. Yeah, you know, those guys have been so supportive, uh, both Coach Saban and Coach Oates. You know, Coach Patrick Murphy in softball. I mean, it's an amazing 
support group here as far as everybody wants everybody to be successful. And winning is contagious, right? So we're really blessed to have the opportunity to work in an environment that really cares and supports and, you know, helps each other want to compete every day. So we're excited for our men. You know, we're one of um, a few programs in the country that both the men's and women's are representing, you know, and so we're really proud of that. I think there's 14 maybe, and so I think that speaks volume of the administration support, the community support, the way we all as coaches support each other at Alabama. So. Hey, we're proud to, proud to represent with our guys. We're excited for them, and we'll be watching from stores. And just, you know, it's going to be a great postseason for both of us. Christy Curry, the head women's basketball coach at the University of Alabama. The Crimson Tide. We know that this is the home of the Crimson Tide here on WNSP 105.5. And we hear Alabama updates every single day and look forward to hearing that update that when you guys are able to take on Baylor and defeat Baylor on Saturday, that update that comes on Monday, we'll be able to say, all right, the Crimson Tide have punched their ticket and taken care of business in round one but a tremendous job coach curry you've done in turning around the alabama crimson tide women's basketball program congratulations for getting back into march madness and the big dance exactly where you belong and want to wish you the best of success and can't thank you enough for taking time coming right off of the practice floor to join us here on the final drive on wnsp 105.5 Thanks so much for having us on. We appreciate what you guys do for sports in the state of Alabama. Roll Tide. And um, we're going to do our very best for you guys to be able to come back on Monday and talk a little bit about Alabama. Roll Tide, Coach. Roll Tide, roll. Christy Curry, the head women's basketball coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide, joining us this afternoon on the final drive. And, Michael, it's just awesome when you start talking about the growth of women's basketball and the excitement that South Carolina and LSU and, of course, historic Tennessee has generated in South Carolina trying to make history as they are the only undefeated team, men or women, and can South Carolina put back-to-back national championships together? Coach Curry talked about the competitiveness of South Carolina, of LSU, of Tennessee, night in and night out of the SEC. Yeah, I, I loved her answer there when I when I asked about the prospect of playing UConn, saying that you know the, the, playing in the SEC prepares us for this. You know, we've played against South Carolina, we've played against LSU, we've played against teams that are of that caliber. You know, SEC women's are is is that conference. You know, there are teams that are that good. Uh, so. So you know, I, it's just nice to hear uh, from from coach that uh, that that level of confidence. You know, when you start looking about the history of women's basketball, of course, Coach Champy, who sometimes sits in on Auburn's basketball broadcast, he has taken Auburn to the Final Four. But Auburn as a program has been there. What I mean by that is Auburn's men's team making it for the first time to the NCAA Final Four from a men's basketball standpoint. Alabama's men have never made it to the Final Four. Auburn's women have, along with Alabama's women, women also and you know coach champy he laid that foundation and that's why you do hear him still on auburn broadcast because he's a legend from auburn basketball standpoint we'll see if uh, we'll see if alabama men's can can change that a little bit this year i guess uh you know three out of the four have and alabama men's are, are the last frontier there so we'll see if that can change well what won't change is the fact that we do have march madness challenge going on here at moe's barbecue in downtown 
Mobile. And we would love to see you. We have a lot of open spots available for you to qualify. We only have two qualifying spots left that you can call in on the final drive. But if you're not one of those two qualifiers, of course, you can bring family and friends down here to fill one of those open spots for an opportunity to win a jet ski rental, two one-hour jet ski rentals from Gulf Coast Water Rentals and also a brand-new television from Bailey's TV and Mattress that is part of our grand prize here as part of the 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge. Coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue Downtown, Corey LeBounty along with Michael Brauner joining you this afternoon. Hello, this is artist Daniel A. Moore. You are listening to WNSP Sports Radio. The ball is tipped, and there you are. You're running for your life. You're a shooting star. And all the years, no one knows just how hard you worked. But now it's yours. You know what that song means, that one shiny moment. Call the station 251-694-1055 is how you can guarantee your spot in our March Madness matchup challenge at Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile. It will start up as soon as we go off the air here on the final drive. And people are, people are filing in. Yeah, and that's crowd what, coming up. Again, we will have open spots for you to have an opportunity to qualify if you don't qualify hearing our last two one shiny moments. Of course, you can come in and register to win our Gulf Coast water rentals, two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three friends on two separate jet skis. That could be two adults and one child. Or also win our brand-new television from Bailey's TV and Mattress. So a great grand prize. If you pick the name out of the wheelbarrow and your team goes and wins it all in this March Madness tournament, those grand prizes are all yours just for showing up here at Moe's and picking the name out of the barrel. And, Michael, there are no names being picked out of the barrel from an NFL free agency standpoint as the New England Patriots signed a, a fairly big name today, Juju Schuster. Yes, yeah, so the Patriots finally finally did something. Uh, finally did something after letting Jacoby Myers go to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. And it was ironic, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster gets the exact same contract from the Patriots that Jacoby Myers got from the Raiders. Now, they're both 26 years old. Uh, they both just got contracts of three years for $33 million, which... Uh, for what, what today's receiver market is, is not absurd money by any means. $11 million a year for what's essentially going to be, whether in New England, what is essentially for now going to be your wide receiver one. Ideally, you add to that receiving core. Uh, but, yeah, so Juju Smith-Schuster, three years, $33 million to the Patriots. And it, it's just interesting because I – mean, 
you even saw Jacoby Myers on Twitter today, uh, you know, quote tweeted and say it's a cold world uh, by by the fact. I, obviously, the Patriots did not come near that number for him, and they were willing. They thought Juju Smith-Schuster is an upgrade to Jacoby Myers. That kind of is up for debate. Uh, they are the same. Like I said, they're the same age. I think Juju has a little bit higher of an upside than Myers does. I think Myers kind of, you know, he's an undrafted guy at NC State. He's worked his way up in the system. Uh, you know, he's kind of the the uh, consummate patriot so you know respect to everything the guy did for new england uh but all that being said i think he probably had reached his ceiling in new england and uh so he goes to vegas to kind of be a complimentary piece to Devonte adams i think that's going to be really good for him uh whereas juju now uh as the current wide receiver one in new england again hopefully they add to that uh it's exciting i you know it was a name uh it, 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 again for Patriots, free, as far as Patriots free agency goes, you know, I've been watching the team for 22 years. Gen, nine times out of ten, uh, there's nothing exciting to report on the Patriots free agency front. So I will take the Juju Smith-Schuster signing, and I'll be perfectly happy about it. Well, Ezekiel Elliott being taken away from the Cowboys was pretty interesting. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers, he gets on Pat McAfee's show today and says that he is probably going to be a New York Jet. And it's going to be up to the Jets to go ahead and properly compensate the Green Bay Packers. And what is fair? I mean, is it two number ones? It's got to be. Number one and future, maybe a second or third rounder along with money. What, what is the right fit? I think this. I think you've got to point to the Matthew Stafford trade uh, to to look at what is fair uh, for Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Matthew again. Matthew, look at the Matthew Stafford trade a couple years later. Yeah, uh, I mean, Jared Goff is probably better than Matthew Stafford now. Uh, but the Rams won a Super Bowl, so how can you complain about it if you're the Rams? So, I, I mean, it's it's two first-rounders, and I think the Jets probably are not willing to give up two first-rounders, and that's the reason why Aaron Rodgers has not officially been introduced as the Jets quarterback already. He's, he, that's why he's going on Pat McAfee announcing his intentions to play for the Jets. Uh, you know, he's gone out and seeked the trade, so he met with Jets brass and everything checked out. So, again, uh, the only thing holding it up is the fact that they haven't agreed to terms, and why should the Packers just give I understand that that era is over, but that doesn't mean the Packers uh, are under any requirement to just give him up for nothing. I, I think if, if if you're the Jets, you you gotta you gotta pay the piper. You had the worst quarterback play in the league last year uh, with one of the better rosters in football. So you're an Aaron Rodgers away from certainly being a playoff team. So I, I think two number ones is beyond fair. Well, Jacoby Brissett. He's also now a Washington commander from the quarterback position. And just this guaranteed money is remarkable to me. $8 million guaranteed. And I, I just, I don't know when you start talking about what a quarterback's worth is and what kind of production you're going to get because we saw the guaranteed money that was with Ezekiel Elliott, a position that you say is not worth the money, mm. and here it is, you have $8 million guaranteed. One's a quarterback, one's a, quarterback one's a running back. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's been a guy who's proven he can start games and at least perform competently. Uh, you know, he's far from a great quarterback, but he's good enough, he's serviceable, he can... He can I hesitate to say win you games, but he can avoid losing you games. So I think $8 million a year is fair for Brissett. We'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on that, though. No question about it. And what we're going to keep an eye on is our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge that's coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile, where our listeners are continuing to file in. And you can join us. 
As soon as the final drive is over, we'll have qualifiers open spots. So bring a family, bring a friend to see if you can pick the team out of our wheelbarrow who's going to win it all. In March Madness, if they do, you'll have your brand new television and an opportunity to get on those two jet skis, courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals. And we'll be right back here. It's time to lock in. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, exciting, thrilling finish. Live from Mobile, Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP presents 99 yards away. Win this game for one another. The final drive with Corey Labounty and Michael Bronner. Do your job and play together. The final drive. Live on 105.5 FM and streaming on the Sound of Mobile app. I cannot believe it! Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey Labounty along with Michael Bronner joining you live from our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge at Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile. And don't forget, you can listen for Luther Vandross's best medley of all athletics with the one shining moment coming up. And when you do hear that, you want to make sure you give us a call at 251-694-1055 to guarantee your spot as a qualifier. And we'll have open spots tonight here at Moe's Barbecue for your chance to pick a team out of our wheelbarrow as it goes round and round. And if you pick the team correctly that wins the big dance, you will have an opportunity to win a brand new television from Bailey's TV and Mattress and two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people on two separate jet skis that could be two adults and one child and that's courtesy of our friends at Gulf Coast Water Rentals and this is the time of year to where we're talking March Madness and a couple of weeks ago at Legacy Arena it was nowhere near as busy it's going, as it's going to be here this coming week as Alabama and Auburn both will be playing in the NCAA tournament. And I, I met for the first time face-to-face -face a basketball writer, Hall of Famer, Kevin Skarbinski did an outstanding job covering the high school state tournament on Alabama Public Television and WOTM. And he joins us making his debut here on the final drive. Kevin, congratulations on being inducted into the United States Basketball Writers Association's Hall of Fame, and thank you for joining us this afternoon. Well, Corey, thank you uh, for those kind words. Thank you for inviting me to join you and talk some ball, uh, which is one of my favorite things to do. I've, I've loved basketball since the time I was shoveling snow off the court in Pottsville, Pennsylvania growing up <laughs> when I had dreams of, of being another Walt Clyde Frazier, one of my favorite players from the New York Knicks back in the day as a, as a kid. So it's just unbelievable, first of all, to be included with the incredible company in the, the U.S. Basketball Writers Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm still pinching myself on that one. And then, and then to have it announced this week while we're, we're just really getting started on what is the biggest basketball week in the history of the state of Alabama in the state of Alabama. It's hard to top Auburn going to the Final Four. That's the, that's the pinnacle, right? That's what everybody wants to do. But to have this happening here, we've had 10 NCAA tournaments in Birmingham, 
five regionals, five first and second rounds before this. But with the refurbished Legacy Arena and the wonderful job they've done, the city of Birmingham, Knight Edie, the SEC, all the people that came together to bid on it, bring it here, redo that uptown area, which is an incredible place to hang out before, during, and after games. During, if you don't have tickets, uh, and, and then to see Alabama here and Auburn here as well. And then UAB last night tipped off the NIT with a rousing victory over Southern Miss. I went to that game in Bartow Arena. So this is, this is, as close, this is basketball heaven this week. It's right here in Birmingham. Without question, Kevin Skarbinski joining us this afternoon on the final drive. And, Kevin, you mentioned UAB's win last night in the NIT tournament over the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, who were the number one seed overall in the Sunbelt Conference tournament and lost to South Alabama twice, once in the regular season and then, of course, in the rounds of the Sunbelt Conference Tournament, but last night, Andy Kennedy with the root canal, coming off the fresh root <laughs> canal out of his mouth, is able to find a way to coach his team to victory. And you know what? I didn't know before the game that he'd had an emergency root canal <laughs> yesterday, <laughs> but there was you could tell something was wrong. He was, he was angrier and <laughs> had a, had a uh, quicker anger trigger than he normally does. I thought he was going to throw one of the guys. I tell him to leave the gym. He was so mad at one timeout, uh, and I was sitting behind the bench, and you know, came to learn later, of course, about the root canal. And, and we all know, you, nobody is happy after a root canal, even if you're just laying in bed watching television, let alone coaching a postseason tournament basketball game. But the Blazers, look, I was very impressed with Southern Miss' skill level. And they've got players, man. I could see how they they won the regular season title in the Sun Belt, but UAB's got talent as well, and they really asserted themselves the last 15 minutes or so. They were dominant, and I'm going to tell you something. That UAB team, this is this is what's a shame about the you know one bid leagues, the the Sun Belt Conference USA, and of course UAB's moving to up to the AAC next year, but. You know, you can have a wonderful regular season. I mean, UAB's won 26 games now this year. Look at all the games Southern Miss won. But if you have one bad game in your conference tournament, you're out and your season's either over or you go to the NIT and you don't reach that ultimate place you want to be in the NCAA tournament. Now, I can, I'm going to tell you this. I'm not so sure about Southern Miss. I can't say this with any authority because I did just see them once last night. That UAB team is better than a number of teams that are going to play in the NCAA tournament. And if they had gotten in with an at-large bid, they would have. They, they have the potential to be a Sweet 16 team. That's how good they are uh, when they're right, when they're good. And they've been good way more often than they have in this season. Well, Kevin, let's talk about the one bid system for a second. I, I mean, I think it is part of what makes the makes championship week so special. It's part of what makes the postseason college basketball so special. I mean, if, if you're a smaller school and didn't have a good season, I mean, look at Texas Southern. They lost 20 games and, and they're uh, they're in the NCAA tournament. But I mean, if you're Alabama or, or a team who had a really good uh, regular season and maybe won your conference regular season title, I, I'm just curious how you weigh the importance of a conference regular season title versus the importance of a conference tournament? Well, let's be honest. It's just logical that if you are the best team in your league over a two-and-a-half-month period in the regular season, and you prove that through 18 games or 20 games, however many games that you play in your conference, and, and compare that to being the best team in the league for three days or four days, 
there's no comparison, right? I mean, you proved it over a longer period in the regular season, but I understand why all of these leagues, they give their automatic bid to the tournament winner because that makes – basically, you are expanding the NCAA tournament to everyone. Everyone has a chance to get into the NCAA tournament by winning their conference tournament. No matter how bad your record was during the regular season, if you had misfortune and injuries and whatever you had to deal with and you struggled, you can come together for one week or one week long weekend in a conference tournament and win your way into the NCAA. Uh, so that makes sense. My, 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 I guess my bone of contention is with the selection committee. Their default mode – it generally is to give the nod to mediocre power conference teams over a group of five conference teams that have had wonderful seasons over four months going back to November, counting the non-conference part of the schedule. And they just, they again, their only shot in, in realistically is to win their conference tournament. And I think that's wrong. I think, I think we need to, I think the committee members need to expand their minds a little bit and consider the possibility that a UAB, a Southern Miss, whoever it might be, and UAB didn't win the league. They finished, uh, actually finished third in Conference USA, but they did beat Florida Atlantic, which won the regular season and is, and got a, a nine seed, I believe. That's a pretty high seed for a CUSA champion, uh, tournament champion and regular season champion. So, yeah, I just wish we'd have a little more uh, open-minded approach to considering that just because you play in the SEC or the Big Ten or the Big 12 and you finish eighth or ninth doesn't mean you're better than the second or third place team in the Sun Belt or Conference USA. You may be, but that's the default mode, and I wish we would not, not be so knee-jerk in our, in our judgments or the committee shouldn't be so knee-jerk in its judgments. We're speaking with Kevin Skarbinski, who is newly elected and will be appearing in the final four for the United States Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame class. There's seven people that are going into this, and Kevin Skarbinski be, will be one of them. And no better person to talk March Madness from the state of Alabama standpoint than with Kevin Skarbinski. And, Kevin, I know last year the state of Alabama had four schools in. Of course, Alabama, Auburn, UAB, and Jacksonville State. And Auburn has Jacksonville State a year ago. But when you start looking at the growth and the growth of Sanford basketball and Richie Riley here, here at South Alabama, do you ever see a point in time to where there can be maybe possibly six teams from the state of Alabama that will qualify for March Madness? Oh, I absolutely can see that happening because we have seen the game grow uh, at, at beyond Alabama and Auburn, you know, beyond UAB and South Alabama. As you mentioned, Samford under Bucky McMillan, who won five state championships at Mountain Brook on a high school level, he is having tremendous success in a very short period of time in just three years at Samford. They shared the reg there's another example. They shared the regular season title in the Southern Conference with Furman. But Furman beat them twice in the regular season. So Furman got the one seed and in, in, in the conference tournament, Sanford got the two. Sanford got upset in the semifinals and Furman went on and won the conference tournament. But Bucky's doing a great job. Uh Sanford will be in the NCAA tournament in the next a few years, I have no doubt about that. And then what, what Coach Cross has done at Troy, you know, look, and then it's, it goes beyond the Division One level. 
you know, Faulkner uh, uh, in the NAIA, it was back in their national tournament this year. Talladega played in the national game in NAIA a year ago. UAH in Division Two, a perennial postseason team. They just lost last night to the number one seed in their regional final of the Division Two uh, NCAA tournament. So there is West Alabama, Tuskegee. These were all postseason. Those, I think we had four. There are 32 teams in the NCAA Division Two tournament. Four of them were from Alabama. West I Alabama, think that speaks Tuskegee, Miles, and UAH. That's pretty strong, guys. Very strong, and I tell you, Kevin, if you can hold through this commercial break that we're having, I, I, I just, when I'm talking to basketball royalty that brings royalty to the state of Alabama in regards to your coverage that has been second to none, of course, my one shining moment was in 1989 when the Alabama Crimson Tide lose to the South Alabama Jaguars in the NCAA tournament, and Ronnie Arrow picks me up and runs around the floor <laughs> with me. So that's my one shiny moment. But I want to talk to you not only about this number one seeded Alabama Crimson Tide after this break, about Auburn, again, making Final Four history in 2019 and trying to get out of the first round as well. If you can hold through this break with me, won't hold you for long on the other side, but still a lot of basketball here in the state of Alabama to be covered with Kevin Skarbinski. Does that work with you, Brother Kevin? Absolutely. Let's do it. Kevin Skarbinski joining us here on the final drive. We'll go to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the number one overall seed, Alabama Crimson Tide. Can they win it all? And what Kevin Skarbinski's brackets possibly look like next here on the final drive with Corey LeBounty and Michael Bronner coming to you live from Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile. This is Will Herring, a member of the Auburn family. When I'm in Mobile, I listen to WNST 105.5. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. Corey LeBounty along with Michael Brauner joining you live from Moe's Barbecue downtown where you can make your way to Moe's Barbecue where we'll be having our 2023 March Madness matchup challenge coming up right after the final drive. And blessed enough to talk with Kevin Skarbinski here. And again, Kevin Skarbinski was just sent into the United States Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame. And he's covered basketball when others have not in this state of Alabama. He's seen and heard so much. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Kevin, is for so long, Alabama's been waiting for a number one overall seed, and they finally have it. I have them winning the national championship. How far they can, and can this Alabama team actually win the national championship with this huge target on their back? Yes, they absolutely can, and and I believe they will, as as you do, as you said, you have have them in your bracket. I do as well. I, I think they have every ingredient that you need to win a national championship. First of all, you need NBA players. You need multiple NBA players. I've had different coaches tell me you better have at least three future NBA guys if you want to win a national title, uh, and and this Alabama team certainly has that. They have a difference maker in Brandon Miller who can create his own shot, who can dominate a game even when his his percentage is not high, although he's been a very good three-point shooter. He's, he's trailed off in recent weeks from the outside in terms of his percentage, but what we saw in Nashville was, was him 
displaying everything that he can do to dominate a game, rebounding, passing, playing defense, blocking shots, getting out in transition, and then he will knock down the three. Eventually, if you give him enough looks, he's going to knock down those long-range shots. So he, he's a great player, but they have so many other players that contribute. They're the deepest team in the country. I think they're the most talented team, one through the bottom of the roster. They have so many guys. We remember, go back to the Auburn game in Auburn, Ryland Griffin, uh, who has, again, had a terrific high school career. At that point, he was uh, he was not had not gotten a lot of play, had not gotten a lot of run, and yet when they needed him in that game in the second half, he stepped up and had a big game. It's so many guys like that. Noah Gurley, Noah Clowney has had a wonderful freshman season alongside Brandon Miller. But one of the real difference, two two big difference makers, Charles Bediaco, his growth and maturity. He is an eraser of mistakes at both ends of the floor. You miss a shot, that's okay. Uh, Charles might go up and grab it and dunk it. Uh, you get beat off the dribble on defense, that's okay. Charles is probably going to rise up, step up, and swat the shot away. He is. He has really become a force in the middle. And then Javon Quinterly playing like the old JQ of you know, the Jelly Fam fame uh, before he hurt his knee last year at the end of the season in that NCAA tournament loss to Notre Dame. He is has been wonderful in this in the postseason in the SEC tournament. The first and last games he was lights out. Mark Sears has not shot it as well, but he has been so valuable and so steady throughout the season. And then Jaden Bradley, you've got three guys that can play the point. There are teams in the tournament don't have one legitimate point card. They've got three. Uh, that's a luxury that, that that's just one of the luxuries Alabama has that other teams don't. And guess what? If they don't have a good offensive night, if it's a mud wrestling match, as it might be Saturday, if they play either Maryland, whoever they play, Maryland or West Virginia, uh, guess what? They can win that kind of game too because they play defense. And there are a lot of up and down, up tempo teams like Iowa that's going to play Auburn tomorrow that don't necessarily play defense. Alabama is elite at everything, rebounding, scoring, and defending the basket. So they are clearly the best team in the country. Doesn't mean they'll win it. Strange things happen in this event, but they look like they should be, and that's why they are the favorite. You've been covering basketball in the state of Alabama for a very long time, and you've seen a lot of lottery picks. But is Brandon Miller the best Alabama basketball player you've seen put on the crimson and white? Wow, you know, that is, you know, it's interesting. Early in the season, Richard, I mean, this was a couple of weeks into the season. Richard Hendricks, who is one of those on that list of, of longtime great Alabama basketball players, said that Brandon Miller could be the best player in Alabama history. And I talked to him about that. And, and, you know, I thought it was premature at the time, but now it's, now it looks pretty, now it looks uh, like uh, Richard may be a prophet. Look, Alabama's had so many great players go back to Leon Douglas and, and Reggie Mule King and Enos Watley and then all through the Wimp Sanderson era, Robert Ory, Hollywood Robinson, Latrell Sprewell, all those guys playing on the same team. Uh, and, and again, that tradition continued through Mark Gottfried uh, and it certainly has has continued into the NATO era, but it's possible if he leads them, if he plays at the top of his game and leads them to the Final Four and is the difference maker in Alabama winning a national championship, you may be able to make that judgment. This is going to be the last. Every game they play now 
is possibly the last game Brandon Miller will play in an Alabama uniform. He will be a one-and-done. He will be a high lottery pick, a top five, top three NBA pick. He's that good, uh, and he can really stamp himself into Alabama history by taking this team deep in the NCAA tournament, even getting to the Final Four, which, as you know, as you said, this will be, would be Alabama's first trip to the Final Four. But if he can lead them to that national title, yeah, you might be able to put him atop that mountain of great Alabama basketball players, and it is a steep mountain. We're speaking with Kevin Skarbinski, who is newly inducted into the U.S. Basketball Writers Association Hall of Fame class of 2023. Three, he'll be making the trip to Houston to be inducted the first week in April. And Kevin, you've covered basketball a long time here in this state. What basketball moment stands out to you the most? Is it Auburn punching his ticket, beating the Blue Bloods of college basketball in 2019? Or is there another one shiny moment that you've seen from the state of Alabama and covering this glorious state? Well, I'll give you one, uh, and, I, and not just not to be a politician, but I'll give you one for uh, Alabama, Auburn, and UAB that I personally witnessed. In my first year at the Birmingham News, I was the beat writer covering Auburn athletics. And Chuck Person led the Tigers. I know Auburn fans don't like to talk about Chuck Person because of what happened while he was coaching a couple of years ago. But Chuck Person as a player was elite. And he led Auburn to the Elite Eight. He was the best player in the NCAA tournament through those four games. And with three minutes left in the regional final in Houston, they were neck and neck with Louisville. Louisville, with never nervous Purvis Ellison, pulled it out, went to the Final Four, won the national championship. But that Auburn team was good enough to win it all. And, and Chuck was the, uh, again, was the driving force. So that was an incredible ride for me as a rookie beat writer, uh, just not long out of college. And I'm covering a team that goes to the Elite Eight. That was special. And then 2004, on Saturday, the first week, just like we are in the first week of the tournament now, that Saturday in the second round in Seattle, Washington, I watched Alabama beat number one seed Stanford in the West Regional, wrote my story, took the red eye to Chicago, caught a connecting flight to Columbus, Ohio, and the very next day on Sunday, I watched UAB beat number one overall seed Kentucky in their region, and Mo Finley from Lafayette, Alabama, hit the game-winning jumper to beat the Wildcats, and, and UAB had a point guard named Squeaky Johnson, and I'll never forget, and I could still, I could picture his face saying it in the post-game locker room, as you can imagine, it's crazy, it's wild, they're celebrating, they just beat Kentucky, and Carl Dale Squeaky Johnson said, you know what, Kentucky is not used to losing to guys named Squeaky and Mo." <laughs> <laughs> That's an all-time classic quote. And Kevin Skarbinski, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here on the final drive. And we'll see how Alabama, Auburn, and UAB fare because UAB still alive in the NIT tournament by that win over Southern Miss last night. We'll see if the Crimson Tide can be victorious over Texas A&M Corpus Christi as well as Auburn defeating Iowa and Again, the state of Alabama basketball is only getting bigger and better from a men and women standpoint. Thank you for all your great writing and your coverage and your continued coverage for this great state of Alabama. Well, thank you, guys. I, I enjoyed the visit, and let's do it again sometime. Hopefully, uh, hopefully when we have some Alabama teams even deeper in the tournament. How about that?
Absolutely sounds great. Kevin Skarbinski joining us this afternoon on the final drive. And congratulations to Kevin again. Just newly elected to the USBWA Hall of Fame class of 2023. He's one of seven that will go down to Houston and witness the Final Four, but he'll be doing so as a U.S. Basketball Writers Association Hall of Famer. Coming up next, we have a very special guest joining us, Ryan Foster, owner of Gulf Coast Water Rentals, will be joining us here on the Final Drive to talk about his wonderful opportunity for you. Again, he chipped in for this grand prize for you guys to be part of having an opportunity to have two one-hour jet ski rentals with two adults and one child possibly. If that's how you so choose to do it, don't want to miss Ryan Foster coming up next here on the final drive on WNSP. Hi, this is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. want to thank Kevin Skarbinski for joining us on the final drive this afternoon. And we're at Moe's Barbecue in downtown Mobile, Alabama, the site of the 2023 March Madness matchup challenge that WNSP is putting on. And if you come into this restaurant this afternoon, whether you've qualified by calling the opening kickoff for the final drive, we have open spots for you folks. Plenty of room here at Moe's Barbecue for you to come down and qualify in our wheelbarrow of names to see who team will win the national championship. If you pick the team that wins the national championship, you cannot beat our grand prize that is coming up courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals. You'll get two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people. That can be two adults and one child or if you just want to ride with two adults. That's on two separate jet skis courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals and also a flat screen television that it is available from Bailey's TV and Mattress. It's that high-definition quality. You can't beat that as well. If your team that you select wins the big dance, you will have an opportunity to win those wonderful prizes. And right now, we're joined by the owners of Gulf Coast Water Rentals, Ryan Foster and his wife, Coco. Good evening, and thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, thanks for having thanks us. Thanks for having us. Well, first and foremost, I, I was intrigued and want to thank you guys for jumping on board and being part of our grand package winner. And, you know, a lot of people, when living along the Gulf Coast, they said they've never had an opportunity to jump on a jet ski before. For sure. And and having an opportunity to be on the water right here along the Gulf Coast. Talk to us about your new company, the Gulf Coast Water Rentals, and what brings the excitement of March Madness to yourself and your wife? Absolutely. So, you know, one of the reasons that we decided to uh, to uh, jump into this business, we I, I was raised on you know on the water, so I, I grew up doing this. But you kind of take it for granted. You don't realize that um, everybody doesn't do it. Uh, or, or have the opportunity. So yeah, when we saw the void, we were like, man, it'd be a great idea to uh, you know to bring something like this to Mobile. And so that was the goal, uh, you know, bring 
this type of excitement, this type of uh, adventure uh, to uh, to right here in the city. So you know, people don't have to go and travel uh, in order to, uh, to to rent a jet ski or, or or a boat or a pontoon. It doesn't get any better than having an opportunity to be Mobile's premium boat and jet ski rental service. That being Gulf Coast Water Rentals and along Mobile, Alabama, whether you can swim or not, that's what they make life jackets for. Got to have a life jacket. To, to, have a life. You'll be surprised how many people tell me, oh, I can't ride a jet ski because I can't swim. It is the law that uh, that I give you a life jacket and that you <laughs> actually wear it while you're on the jet ski. So, uh, yeah, nobody's going to drown. And that's the great part about it, to whether you can swim or not, you'll be able to float. Right. But talk about how awesome it is to get on a jet ski. And if jet skiing is not your thing, to have an opportunity to also maybe jet pontoon with no steering wheel and get that great exercise. If jet skiing is not your thing, then you're, you're not really an adrenaline person. If you don't know if jet skiing is your thing, come jet ski. Uh, it's amazing. It is, it is absolutely amazing. What's the best part of jet skiing? Oh man, uh, I, I think I don't know. Let me let me let me throw this one to Coco. What do you what do you think? You just feel free. Um, you're riding, and if you're on a good if you're on a good clear ride, and the, and the water is you know nice and flat, and you don't see the end point, it's really relaxing. You can kind of take your mind somewhere else, and you you know you don't feel like you're at home. When you're on the water, you don't feel like you're in Mobile. You feel like you're on vacation, and it's just freeing. It's very freeing. That's a heck of an endorsement. Absolutely. Without question. But what's also free is the ability to fill out a March Madness bracket. And that's one of the reasons. Yeah, you know, we were, we you knew we were going to get to that. And, 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 you know, in my bracket, I know that. I have it over here. We, we, we're, we're, we're looking at we, we got both of them. Over here. I, I have Bama, Marquette, Houston, and Gonzaga. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's Corey's here. And, and that one's and mine Mike, there. He goes ahead and he, of course, goes Alabama, Duke, Texas, and UCLA. So if you had to take a look and see where you would like to go on your bracket, if you haven't already filled it out, what team do you think has the best opportunity to win a national championship? I think Bama has the best opportunity. Uh, I got to say, Bama has the best opportunity. I'm, a, I'm an Auburn guy, but I'm also realistic, uh, so, <laughs> so I don't I, I don't take them very far. Um, but uh, I'm going with Duke. The Dukies. So uh, hold on, I'm hold on. on with Duke. We were when, before we hopped on here at the break. You were saying you were saying this bracket of mine here. I got Alabama and Duke in the Final Four. So Absolutely. where where I, am I going wrong? I said I'll throw. I, I said I, I said throw these both away. But I'll throw Corey's away first. You know that's what they make sharpies for. So I, I, I tell Mike I fill out more than one bracket. Yeah, right, I fill right. out one. And, and and what I do is none of my brackets are the same. So I, I, I take a little cheating method to it to where I have a better opportunity to hit the home run. But you guys definitely are hitting a home run, being Mobile's premium boat and jet ski rental service. Premier. Premier. Come on with it. Pre Premier. <laughs> well, well I, I tell you, Premier and premium yeah, are, yeah. are definitely, yeah. it probably takes premium gas unless you're on the pontoon. <laughs> right, right, so, right. So there, there, there's your premium part there. Right. But, again, when you guys look at saying, all right, if you love the water, you're in Mobile, Alabama, you have an opportunity, again, a pontoon boat. 
Talk about the benefits of a pontoon boat in and what the difference is as far as to how you can relax and for get sure, you some great sure. vitamin D. You know, the jet ski is, you know, it's however you want to ride it. Uh, you know, one or two people. Um, and you you know fast slow however you want to you want to ride it you can kind of mix it up the pontoon it's it's a relaxing day on the water um, what we carry is the sea products uh, the sea switch pontoon is uh, their new uh, pontoon it's the only jet pontoon on the market um, and there's no steering wheel it's handlebar controls so the controls on the jet ski are the exa are exactly the same on the boat uh, that makes it in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinion the uh, easiest Especially boat my opinion. Yes, <laughs> the easiest boat to um, uh, to operate uh, to, so to I can, even I could operate absolutely it. it is super simple uh, so that makes it the easy boat to operate and then there's no propeller it's jet power so that makes it the safest boat on the water for you know the people that want to go out and, and you know play around on the swim platform and you know you got small kids you're always worried about if you if you're on a pontoon the the, the propeller so yeah, the the, the the easiest to operate and uh, and the safest. One of the great things about you guys, you are locally owned Absolutely. and of course operated right here along the Gulf Coast, and you guys give some instructions if you jump on the jet ski and you're like okay well i can swim but i've never hopped on a jet ski we before. will not send you out uh unless you're comfortable and you know this is going into year two for us and we had a lot of people come out and ride with us last year and we take pride in that we take pride in you know spending a little more time to make sure that you're okay um operating the equipment. Um, I don't want to send you out if you're uncomfortable with it. We've had some people come out and we completely do a training and, you know, take some time with them and then they decide, yeah, you know what, this is not for me. And that's fine. Uh, but we want to make sure that you're as comfortable as possible, that you understand how to operate the uh, the equipment. And uh, if if I have the opportunity, I've, I've actually even sent um, people out with a, a rider to just make them feel a little bit more safe. And that's what makes the boat such a, a great option. Because if you're not comfortable riding the jet by yourself, then if you come with a group of friends, um, you know, I'm getting comfortable myself with driving the boat because he's always, he's our dedicated driver um, on the boat. I drive the jets, but with this pontoon just this weekend, I took it out and I drove the entire time. Um, so if you're not comfortable and you have a friend that's comfortable, y'all can do a group outing and then you can experience being on the water as a passenger and someone else that's more comfortable can actually drive sure. the pontoon. And that was weird for me because I've never been the passenger. <laughs> the safety features that are on these vehicles, anti-collision, so where you don't have to really worry about having an accident on the waterways, yeah. and we talked about the local waterways. Exactly where will they be traveling from on these local mobile waterways? So for the jet ski, well, we're on Dog River. Uh, so, and uh, Dog River is, uh, if you to, to get to us, if you're uh, going uh, down Dolphin Island Parkway, we're three and a half, three and a half miles past uh, BC Rain High School uh, on the right-hand side, just before you go over the bridge. Uh, but we're on Dog River. The ride area is three and a half miles upriver, and the the jets are equipped with geofencing. So the the ride area for the jets, it's it's a geofence zone. If you go outside of that zone, then they come down to about five miles an hour. The anti-collision on the equipment is they sense each other. 
Um, statistically, jet ski accidents happen when people who are together get comfortable being together. They're riding together and they start to be, get a little risky doing, you know, some, you know, pretty risky maneuvers in close vicinity. And so you get these high-speed collisions. Um, and so what the what the anti-collision does is it it detects the other jets and it's going to bring you down to that same five six miles an hour if you're too close. And so we got a 30 meter radius uh, that you have to be separated before you can you know you can really uh, get up to speed. If you're coming head on with somebody, it's going to bring you right down to six miles an hour once it detects that other unit. Well, we have Ryan Foster and his wife Coco Foster joining us here in our 2023 March Madness matchup challenge coming to you live from. Moe's Barbecue, and again, Gulf Coast Water Rentals is one of our prizes that we're giving away as our grand prize to where, again, you can get two one-hour jet ski rentals for you and up to three people. That can be two adults and one child on two separate jet skis, and part of that prize package comes courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals, and we can't thank you enough for chipping in here to our 2020 three March Madness matchup challenge and joining us live here at Moe's Barbecue in oh, downtown. It's our pleasure. This is uh, an amazing event. We're looking forward to uh, to continuing. No question about it. Ryan Foster and his wife Coco Foster, the owners of Gulf Coast Water Rentals, Mobile's Boat and Jet Ski Rental Service. I said premium and premier <laughs> because both. that's what you're going to get. Both, both of them. Right, you're going right. to get the double P's there <laughs> from our, it's our, our wonderful, wonderful party host here, Gulf Coast Water Rentals joining us here live on the final drive and we'll wrap up the final drive here as again we want you to make your way downtown to Moe's Barbecue to qualify for an opportunity to pick that name out of our wheelbarrow. If you pick the team that wins the big dance you'll be going home with a huge television from Bailey's TV and Mattress and also having an opportunity to get on those jet skis from Gulf Coast Water Reynolds. Corey Labounty, Michael Bronner, we'll be right back. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. Welcome back to the final drive here on WNSP 105.5. We're broadcasting live from Moe's Barbecue downtown where our qualifiers are coming into the building, getting registered with Nick Wiggins at the table. If you're a qualifier, you must be present in order to win and to pick the name out of our wheelbarrow. Of course, you want to come on down if you have not qualified because we may have an open spot available for you to become one of our qualifiers and stick your hand into that wheelbarrow to pick possibly the winning team. We have some great giveaways here as well as I know we have some tickets that will be given away also, Mike. Hank Williams Jr. at the Wharf in uh, in May. We're going to be doing, you know, stick around right after the event. We're going to, after the uh, the drawing of teams, we're going to be giving away Hank Williams Jr. tickets. So if that piques your fancy a little bit, stick around. No question about it. We'll be sticking around for our 2023 March Madness Matchup Challenge here live at Moe's Barbecue, downtown Mobile, Alabama. And, you know, when we talked today, we talked about a little bit about Aaron Rodgers.
Rogers going on the Pat McAfee show saying he he feels that he'll officially be a New York Jet just waiting for the Packers to get compensation for himself and we also talked about the free agency frenzy no longer a cowboy a free agent Ezekiel Elliott that kind of shocked me a little bit but at the same time Pollard put in his dues for the Cowboys and he's trying Tony to find Pollard's himself a up. phenomenal player by the way you know you know what the uh, the toughest part for old Zeke is you know what his final play as a Cowboy was getting bulldozed as the center on that on that final play against San Francisco that is his final play in a Cowboys uniform man you believe that it, it, yeah I do as a matter of fact and of course we have our play-in games tonight Texas Southern taking on Fairleigh Dickinson and Arizona State taking on Nevada last night you couldn't have asked for a better pair of playing games as Texas A&M Corpus Christi their first win ever coach Ronnie Arrow he founded that program back in 09 and 2010 and had an opportunity to watch Texas A&M Corpus Christi get their first win ever in the history of the school in the NCAA tournament and their prize for doing that you got to see Alabama the Alabama Crimson, Crimson Tide and of course Mississippi State comes up short against Pitt last night, 60-59. to 59. Could have been a buzzer-beating three-point shot taken. Or a, or a buzzer-beater tip-in. Tip-in was not made. So, again, you're looking at some great play-in games tonight. Hopefully, they're as good as they were last night. And, of course, tomorrow we will be preempted here on the final drive because the Alabama Crimson Tide mm. tip off at 145 and we'll be coming on after the post-game wrap-up and of course we do have the Tide and Tiger show tomorrow to talk about Auburn that will be in progress and how bad Alabama wants it 24 point favorites over Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Man, only an hour of Corey and I tomorrow uh, you will defer to Chris Stewart. They start at 145. Game should end by 3 45 and then uh, and then it'll be uh, it'll be Tide and Tiger report time so we should be on the air just in time around five o'clock. Well you don't want to miss that and you don't want to miss March Madness here at Moe's Barbecue. If you're listening to my voice it's not too late to come on down and get into one of those qualifying spots that we have. We even got our man Steven Root in the building, Mark Heim in the building, Nick Williams, Wiggins, oh, it, uh, Nick, Nick Williams. Williams. That's my best no, friend I... in Southern Miss. Nick Wiggins <laughs> in the building, running the show, running the table as well. And we'll call him Nick Williams. Uh, well, Nick on. Williams, if he can shoot it, I saw Nick Wiggins <laughs> handle the rock with the basketball we have. I, I didn't know we had those type of yeah, handles. If you heard a dribbling noise, like sometime during the four o'clock hour, that w- that was Nick messing around with the basketball. Well, Wiggins showing us those handles, but again, come on down to Moe's Barbecue, downtown Mobile, Alabama. Bring a friend, a family member to get an opportunity to qualify as we have the games that will be on television here. True TV tonight, I think, is where we're going to get started again. Once Again, CBS, TBS, True TV is how you can follow the March Madness, but you want to qualify tonight for an opportunity to win a new television or an opportunity to two-hour one? Jet Ski Rentals, 
courtesy of Gulf Coast Water Rentals, come on down to Moe's Barbecue downtown Mobile and have an opportunity to do so. It's been a wonderful show today. Again, coming to you live from Moe's, Nick Kelly, Daryl Daffridge, Christy Curry, Kevin Skarbinski, and Ryan Foster all joined us here on the final drive on WNSP 105.5. For Michael Bronner, I'm Corey Labounty. Come on down to Moe's Barbecue downtown.